Welcome to the Autonomy Talent Podcast, where we feature creatives, discuss what they do, what they do to promote their creative endeavors, and try to come up with new methods that might boost their results and yours. We'll also have the occasional industry expert here to talk about what's new in digital marketing. So enjoy the show and remember to always live intentionally. Good afternoon, evening, morning, night, whatever it happens to be where you are and when you're listening to this. It's Bill coming at you again with another episode of Autonomy Talent Podcast. And I have someone from way across the pond over here today from uh, Manchester in the UK. I have Aiden from Weimar. Say hello. Let us know a little bit about you and what you do. Hello. Um, my name's Aiden Cross. I'm a singer with, uh, with the band Weimar based in Manchester, UK. Uh, I'm a singer, songwriter, guitarist, um, and uh, we've been together for just over three years now. Excellent. Um, yeah, I was what, looking on your page, you uh, um, had all your backstory and everything, but it had the, the interest, there's an interesting name uh, interesting story behind the name of the Weimar. Would you like to share that with people? Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, it comes from uh, from the Weimar Republic. Um, uh, Weimar is uh, the city in Germany where the um, the Weimar Republic was founded, and um, uh, we we, co- we called ourselves Weimar because uh, it kind of matched um, the band's general outlook. Um, the the Weimar Republic was it was an it was an era when um, it was an era when art and culture really saw a boom. Um, music, uh, film, theatre, cabaret, you name it. It was all uh, flourishing in nineteen uh, twenties Germany when um, there was a short lived progressive government in between the two wars um, and uh, lots of hyperinflation. Uh, not a stable environment, not uh, not exactly pleasant times to live in, but the arts saw a massive boom during that time because uh, the um, the artistic circuits of Germany at the time basically thought, "Fuck it, we're going to do what we want," and it was um, there was a, a spirit of artistic expression, freedom of creativity, touch of rebellion in the face of a dire political and economic situation we realized in, in the early stages of the band when um we, we were working on our songs we we kind of um was that spirit running through the songs of a theme of the importance of uh, resistance expression in the face of of oppressive governments or unstable cultural systems and we felt it, it it kind of, there was a kind of parallel between the times we're living in now and Weimar Germany, so the name just seemed apt to us in that sense. That's pretty amazing. I wasn't familiar with that story until I'd read it and uh, looking through your stuff earlier. Actually, I read it uh, a few days ago for the first time, and I just was looking at it again and reminded me of that a minute ago. And uh, I had no idea that there was that that whole like cultural renaissance that happened for like a minute right there in between the two world wars in the like heart of one of the most oppressive parts of both those wars <laughs> it's yeah the irony of that is just insane but, but i can see where that would happen you know, they, they'd just been through this horrific thing and everybody just wanted to distance themselves as far, far as they could from that maybe they kind of got a little let it get away from them a little bit and left a void for bad things to come around again, I guess. That's I it, that, yeah. I don't know if that really had a whole lot to do with the uprising that happened on into the 30s, but 
I'm sure it was a contributing factor at least. I'm fascinated with that with the history, especially the World War II era history, because um, I had a grandfather and like most of us did that that, that fought in the war. So, yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you you've been performing prior to that. You said that you were. I'm sorry, I'm tripping over my tongue. I think it said you were in a couple of other bands prior to this one. And yeah, I mean, uh, I I started out playing when. Uh, I mean, back in the uh, in the mid noughties when uh, I was messing around uh, in my bedsit at the time on my first guitar, um, I started writing my own songs and uh, I started playing on the open mic circuit in Manchester, uh, just testing them out, uh, seeing how people reacted. And a few of the songs, uh, when it was just me and I was just like only knew a few chords, playing staccato in. Uh, uh, the back room of various pubs throughout Manchester, and some of the songs uh, got a really good reaction. So I thought, uh, uh, well, probably time to think about getting a band together. Um, so I formed what was to be um, my first band, uh, the Basilis, with um, a few of my mates at the time. Um, and we played uh, for a few years on the live circuit. Um, uh, we um we recorded the one album um album titled i can't adapt to this prison you call society um and uh when that band uh dissolved in um around 2011 2012 or so um and i uh took a back seat for a while i um played guitar with the blacklight mutants for a while um and set about experimenting with other styles, learning um, other skills, and that is when um, the seeds of uh, what was to become Weimar were sown, because um, I, I formed, uh, uh, well, I joined with um, Johann Kluse, a local musician who I'd been jamming with. We um, put together an experimental trio called Bus Pass with um, uh, Brian Benson, very, very prominent uh, drummer in the Manchester area he played the drums for us and we did um, a couple of gigs of just all all instrumental completely improvisational um, feeding off um, off the vibes of the audience really so we'd never know where um, the gig was would take us it was all very uh, very spontaneous completely improvisational um, and so we um, uh, around that time, I started getting the inspiration again for um, new songs, and uh, so I started to work on those with Johan, and um, and the seeds were sown then for what would become Weimar, and then I met John, the bassist uh, in Weimar, at one of the Manchester Music Industry Networking events, and after a bit of jamming together, we started the band officially. Excellent. That's a, so you, this is not your first rodeo. <laughs> You've been, <laughs> or you said the mid, since the mid nineties. So uh, mid noughties, uh, I've been. Oh, noughties. Uh, got you. I thought you said nineties. My bad. <laughs> so 15 years or so. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be about right. Excellent. I, I myself have only been really playing, trying to start getting out and playing professionally for about two years now. So I was an amateur for 30 before that so. <laughs> and a sporadic amateur player at that. So that is amazing. So um, tell me a little bit about your style. You're, you'd be hard to pigeonhole into any particular genre, I believe. Am I correct? I'd say that's right. One of the, um, one of our reviewers uh, described us as uh, the band that enchants its audiences and confuses the hell out of music cr critics. <laughs> so uh, uh, they don't know how to um, where to pigeonhole us, and uh, uh, well, that's a good thing, really. We um, we're eclectic. We um, take our influences from all sorts of places, and uh, we throw a lot of different styles into the mix. Um, uh, we we kind of I'd say we fit kind of, um, we usually describe ourselves as art rock, um, perhaps fitting somewhere under the post-punk umbrella, but there's elements of uh, 
obviously uh, bits of cabaret, torch songs, a bit of folk here and there. Um, a few songs have a jazz or funk element. Um, yeah, so, so we, we experiment with a lot of styles, let's say. Yeah, I can tell. I've listened to some of your catalog, um, you know, doing the playlisting and such, and this was where I came across you. And um, listening to a few of your tracks, and the one would play, and then the next one would play. I was like, wait a minute, now, now where do I categorize this one? And what playlist do I put this in? Because it doesn't really seem to fit. Uh, I had to kind of drop in like alternative. This is a kind of a catch all. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm going to have to create one. I'm, I was thinking of uh, trying to create a new one, calling it like Art Rock seemed a little too uh, generic for a name. I'm kicking around words like eccentric and things of that nature. Put together one of just 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 really stuff that doesn't really fit any specific genre, but it's going to be all of artists that are kind of in that vein. So. Start working on that soon. Sorry, I'm making mental notes for myself. <laughs> That's fine. I do a lot of spitballing like that when I'm talking. I'm just come up with ideas and start blurting, even though it's not relevant to the conversation half the time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you're on Twitter a lot now, right? You're pretty active over there. Yeah. Um. I mean, when when we started out we we kind of thought twitter was a dying medium but it seemed to save itself so uh i think we finally got on twitter just before the release of um or around the time of the release of uh our first single and we've done some good networking on there met uh, we've uh, connected with bands and artists from overseas and obviously with yourself so it's been uh been useful for us in that way the connections you can make are and in a short amount of time are incredible. It's, it's, it blows my mind. And I really think that the music community did a lot to help Twitter really have that resurgence because a lot of the musicians had been kind of looking for that, that home base again after like MySpace. There was a lot of them that tried to cling to MySpace as long as they could when nobody was oh, even yeah. going there anymore. That's the only thing for like the last several years that even existed. The only thing people ever went there for was just, check up on what their favorite bands were doing and then and that got old and then there was a like a void in there where they didn't have there was no like home where a lot of musicians tended to be in one spot and twitter kind of seemed to be that home that they found so it's amazing that it's been this relevant for this long but kudos to those people i think keeping uh, around yeah twitter Twitter has kind of adapted with the times and saved itself, really, and it is a good networking place for musicians now. Absolutely is. I've gone, I've been on there, well, I've been on Twitter for a long time, since like 2008 or something like that, but, and I've managed multiple accounts on there, too, for multiple brands and whatnot, but, um, yeah, right now, just going on there and engaging with other artists and engaging with fans and it's just it'll open up a world of opportunity to anybody that's willing to put in the work to do it. Yeah, it's been very useful to us uh, with regards to Spotify playlists. We've got some great supporters on there as well as yourself. We've got uh, Martina Derner. She's uh, put us on quite a few of her playlists recently uh, and connected with some great artists there. Um, got Eric and Basu in Canada. Um, Chanel Number One in South Africa, very good singer songwriter. She is really good. Awesome. Yeah, I've, like, like I was telling you earlier, I believe on Twitter that uh, a few days ago I had an interview I did with a gentleman down in Holland, and I've had a couple in various parts of the country. A guy just about five miles, five hours down the road in San Antonio. The next guy was in. Atlanta, and then now you're in the UK, and about 10:30 tonight my time because of the time changes, just 11 hours ahead of me, uh, or no, it's 13 hours ahead. She's in Singapore, and and she's a young female drummer that is ph phenomenal in Singapore that I found through Instagram actually. I've been 
uh, following her for a while, and she, so I'm gonna be doing an interview with her tonight. On so it's, I'm just making connections like all over the world, and like we talked about earlier on Twitter, I was, again, um, it's just made the world like seem a lot smaller because we can just talk with anybody anywhere at any time, frictionlessly. You know, it's it's incredible. Good stuff. Yeah. It's just it's it's really helped keep us all connected in a way that like had, I say never been seen before, but that's majorly an understatement. So what kind of guitar do you play typically? What's your number one go-to? Sure I um, I use an electric Fender Stratocaster for um for most of the live shows and in the studio. Uh, though I also have um, an acoustic Tanglewood, which uh, I use that in the studio for um, the more lush, mellow songs. Um, and uh, so I've been using both interchangeably for um, for the album as we work on it. Yep. We're working on the, the album. Um, is it just the band that pretty much handles everything? Do you have a producer you work with? Yes, we have a producer. We've um, been working at Vibratone Studios, which is um, it's a studio in North Manchester, uh, run by um, uh, Adam Crossley and um, and Chris Guest. Both really good producers to work with. They um, they really get the kind of sound we're going for, um, and uh, they they've been doing the whole album with us. It's been in the works for just over a year now. Obviously, with um, with us all being uh, in lockdown at the moment and uh, and shutting doors, so we we can't record at the moment. But uh, so there's a bit more work to do whenever we come out of lockdown. But uh, either way, it's a gradual process, uh, and the album is slowly coming together. I know what you're saying. I've, I've been hearing the same story from everybody. There, everybody's just kind of in a holding pattern right now that we're trying to get online and interact with fans and with other artists and stuff right now and just just network for the time being because that's what we can do a lot of people are doing a lot of you know live broadcasts on facebook and instagram and youtube and everywhere else mostly facebook and instagram i I haven't seen a whole lot of youtube lives oddly enough um it's it's a very strange time and what are you going to do like i've been working on trying to find a new daw you know the DAW software for recording and uh, just so I can get some working tracks done, I can like make me a little uh, drum loop to play over, and maybe even put some lyrics together for something. Just kind of put some pieces together so I have a structure, so that when I do get to go back and sit with the band, I can even like you know email it to them ahead of time. Say, hey, this is what I'm working on, so we can kind of get a feel for it, and then we can actually have something new to work on when we get there. So it's gonna take a while yeah. to get practice back up on the uh, songs we've been playing now. So. Well, I've been using the lockdown to write new material. I've uh, come up with quite a few new songs during this time already. I think uh, whenever the whole situation ends, I think there'll be a big uh, explosion of creativity uh, in uh, in the music world, and perhaps uh, like uh, like we were talking about about before, perhaps paralleling the. Um, the situation with the Weimar Republic and uh, exactly the explosion in the arts uh, after the First World War. I suspect we may see uh, something along similar lines it when the situation ends. Yeah, but never, we're talking about this the same type of situation on a global scale now, though. That's like Which around is, the world that's happening. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, whatever the world we go back to, it will not be the world we left behind. It just remains to be seen. Exactly yeah, how it'll change and which aspects will be for the better, which for the worse. And uh, I found myself contemplating that a lot. It's like you know, most things will kind of go pretty much back to where they were. It's going to take a little while, six months to another year or so, maybe a little longer to get back to what seems almost normal. But there are going to be some things that just never do get back. That's changed forever, and there's no going back to it. And that's just the nature of something like this. It is what it is. When you're talking about how you think there's going to be an explosion in in the arts after this, and I'm I'm totally on board with you because it's like a perfect storm. It's setting up all the perfect conditions for it because you have all the creatives there sitting around just mad, have time to just sit and create. So the volume is going to be through the roof. Then 
when it all comes back and people are stir crazy, they're they're been in the house for months or two two or three months or however six months, however long it months been being. Let's hope it's not that long, but um, they're going to be wanting to get out and go. So the places are going to be opening, the bands are going to be playing, they're going to be packing them in, and just it's going to be just an explosion. Oh, and the bands have been interacting with these fans and stuff, so they know them more already. So when they go to see them, they're more engaged, and it's just going to it's just all brewing up to be the perfect storm to be a real boom, just like you were saying. Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited to see what happens after all this because it's, it's going to be fun to watch for a while. And it's sure, it'll surely taper off. It's going to have a huge spike for a while, and then it'll level off somewhere down the road. And hopefully that will gain a fairly decent growth curve from there. But I'm not overly familiar with the, the geography of the Manchester area. Where is that on the UK? Kind of guide me in where you are. Manchester is in the northwest, okay. northwest England. Gotcha. And um, you said there's quite a quite a music scene going on there. Manchester has always been one of the best cities in the UK for its music scene. Um, going back many years, there's always been a huge um, number of bands and artists hailing from Manchester very supportive network uh, it's always been um, it's had uh, a thriving underground scene for years um, all sorts of independent artists and experimental musicians so uh, Manchester has always been a hotbed of creativity that's one of the, the three cities in, in the UK that I know of from in an artistic sense where for that reason I know that they're that's why I asked because there's London, of course, there's a you know big movement there, but kind of like New York here. But there's London, and then there's Liverpool, which mainly just because of the Beatles. I don't know. I don't really know much else. There are lots of great bands out. from Liverpool. Uh, are there? Yeah. Okay, yeah. There, there were like yeah, there were a lot through like throughout the seventies and eighties, weren't there? there were a lot came out of there, and then Manchester. Those three cities are the ones out over here. We always hear about it. it was artists coming from. Yeah, definitely. A, a lot of uh, lots of the UK's best bands are from Manchester, so it's a good tour, city to be part of. Absolutely, you, it's kind of like Austin or Dallas right here where I'm at. There, it's you've got of course New York and LA on the sides, then you have Detroit up there with its, you know, and then Seattle and there got their sun, uh, their sound, and then you have Atlanta down in the southeast that's like hip hop mecca these days. And but then you've got like in the middle you've got the Dallas and the Austin. Austin's more like country, southern rock, um, just kind of eccentric. A lot of a lot of hippie culture and whatnot. And it's just a lot of different things going on there. But it's a thriving community, artistic community. Dallas is still and has been for oh god I don't know thirty years now has been still had a solid rock scene here. It's it's incredible how it's, it's actually making a resurgence. But the hip hop scene here is also blowing up in the past like decade too. So it's I understand what you're saying. So do y'all tour much outside the UK? Do you travel around other parts of Europe to do shows? I mean it's quite difficult for a lot of bands to um, get gigs um, outside of the UK at the moment if um, this has been there's a whole awkwardness with Europe with uh, the brexit situation oh, yeah. and uh, uh, and uh, there's all kinds of complexities if you want to play America I, I have been looking into the possibility of um, maybe doing a few um, a few small acoustic gigs in America, but there's all manner of complexities with um, you've got got to get a certain permit to uh, get get a guitar pass customs, which means that if I was to tour America, I'd have to prearrange with each venue that they would have a guitar on hand that I could use on the night, which uh, isn't ideal. Uh, I, I'm, I wouldn't rule it out. It's something I'd love to do. Um, I mean, the whole band would love to... Uh, play Europe and America if given the chance so uh, never give up hope as they say perhaps if you had like a fairly small region you were covering here like um, I say fairly small is if you were to hit like a few spots on the in the northeast there maybe not like New York City but 
near the like Boston and Philly and then some places like that, like Philadelphia. I just spoke with him yesterday from uh, from Philly and it's a insane music town. But and I wasn't even aware of the the, the history of music in Philly. I didn't know half these bands they they live there and you can go see them playing on a Tuesday night in a little piano bar with like in front of. 15 people i mean they were just last week they were on the stage backing some big artist for in front of 10,000 people <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i was in philadelphia a few years ago it's a great city for music i've never been there but i want to go but if you hit like you know philly boston and you know a few spots like that you might could try to get someone to coordinate with you so they had the gear that they could kind of help coordinate taking it with you along the tour right? put it all in the van or something yeah, you definitely find somebody to coordinate that that's definitely what um what i have in mind so when uh, when i next do uh, get to come to the states uh, that'll be i'll be look, looking along those lines that sounds good it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> I have not been out of the country since the early 90s when I was still in the military. So it's been a long time. The furthest I've been is to Hawaii a couple of times since then. But that's technically still the United States. So you're over ocean, international waters, I guess, for a while. But you're when you're on land, you're still in this country. So, so where do you see um, – y'all are working on another a new album right now, right? Um, well, Weimar are recording what will be uh, our debut album. Um, it's uh, uh, very close to complete. Um, just uh, a couple more studio sessions, and, uh, and then uh, we'll have uh, another single out before before the album's released. I was looking at your stuff. I guess I didn't realize that you didn't already have an album. Ah. Uh, yeah, we've released uh, the two singles last year. Uh-huh. So it's the first album. I see that. Wow. I didn't even realize you. I just assumed there was more to it than that. <laughs> I, I didn't listen to I listened to two or three songs per artist usually when I'm running through doing those playlists. And I, y'all caught my eye. And I, that's why I started talking with you. Caught my attention. But uh, I could have saw y'all had a larger catalog than that. Wow. That's impressive. I'm looking forward to hearing some of the new stuff when y'all get it ready. Well, when, you, uh, when was your target date for it before all this? Initially, we um, initially we were hoping to get the album out um, around the summer of this year, but uh, COVID nineteen has had other ideas, so it will be uh, uh, it will be arriving later than we um, initially anticipated, and we can't say for certain now exactly when it'll see the light of day but uh, it is still um, very much in the works it's something we've been talking about a lot while uh, while we've been in lockdown from our respective homes yeah almost everyone i have talked to lately has had um, either a single or an album that was supposed to be dropping somewhere around april may june yes and they're all getting pushed. One, he was supposed to um, want to drop it like the the first of May, and he's looking at maybe towards the end of June if he's lucky at this point. But if not, then it's going to get pushed bumped back. So it's going to want to be like September time before it gets gets to be able to release it. So the Corona Geddon got to us all, or is it Corona Apocalypse? I can never yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, we had. Uh... I mean, we had a gig uh, booked uh, for May uh, in Manchester that has already been put back to August and uh, a few other gigs booked for, for the summer. We don't know what's going to be happening with them yet. So uh, we, we just need to see where we go from here. We just need to hope that this can we get it under control and, and get cases going down and get it over with the weather warms up a little bit to help us out some with this and get it get past this as soon as possible and then hope on the back end that it doesn't flare back up in the fall so absolutely 
Because that would be probably the worst case scenario. We all come out for two or three months and then suddenly, oh, guess what? Here we are again. That's what I'm apprehensive about. Of course, everybody is. It's, it looms large right now. Yeah. Our economy is our, uh, the world's economy is already taking a huge hit right now. Uh, another round of this within the same year would be uh, crippling to a lot of places, a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of municipalities and everything. We don't know how it all impacts on the music industry long term with uh, the whole risks to live events. And uh, they're all, we're just going to have to weather this storm. Absolutely. And someone, I was thinking, where did I see that? It was on Twitter somewhere, but I'm going to have to go back and start doing some digging now because I, w- I tried to talk to them about it, but I don't think they ever replied. I need to figure out how they're how they're working it because um, you, you know all the live broadcasts that everybody's doing like on Facebook and Instagram all this these days? They've got some way of setting up to where they're doing a live broadcast like that, but you have to pay like a, a small like admission fee to come see it to be able to get in on the stream but they're having bar uh, venue owners can help promote that they can basically virtually host the show and what that happens is they put the word out about it and they help get draw more people in to come watch the thing they spend all spend a few bucks on the show and then the band and the venue split what they make. I was like, well, that's kind of a kind of an interesting idea. I was kind of trying to figure out the logistics of how they had it worked out, but you got to do what you got to do. You know, maybe it might could help a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. That was the whole reason for starting the playlist that I was doing. I just wanted to get get people more exposure, start getting at least some streams. I know streams don't pay hardly anything. Uh, I've done the math and it's somewhere depending on how many free versus, you know, versus uh, premium users and whatnot. It's somewhere between like, you need like a quarter million to 350,000 streams in a month to make a thousand dollars. So it's not going to make a lot of money, but you start getting significant, significant amounts of streams. You will start people remembering you get exposure and you know how that works from there. You know, maybe eventually you start selling some merch or something, maybe get them to at least buy a sticker or a poster or something. <laughs> uh-huh. T-shirt. It's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah. And we, we've, uh, I mean, I've, uh, already, uh, discovered quite, uh, quite a few, um, bands and artists through Spotify and, uh, and with Twitter networking while uh, while I've been shut in, so uh, I had to a lot. And there's a band uh, I I wasn't sure how long they'd been doing it, but they'd already been doing this whole live broadcast on a weekly basis thing for some time before this happened. And I actually just asked them this morning or earlier today, uh, what time? How long they've been doing it? And they were like somewhere around like 18 months to two years. They've already been doing that on, on Tuesday nights. They go on for like 30, 40 minutes on Facebook live just to put on a little show for their fans. And they, after that one ends, like 15 minutes later, they fire up and do the other half of their set on their Patreon account. And that's part of one of their tiers from their Patreon is you get that bonus material there and other things that they have to offer as well. But that Patreon is, one thing that's kind of helping them a little bit along the way here, they said they actually funded their last album last year strictly off their Patreon or almost completely from their Patreon account. So there's a lot of options out there to be explored. And if forced to do so, we would all figure out how to adapt, but hopefully we won't have to go full on into that. Exactly. Yeah. It's good to have extra, extra ways of earning. So if, when things do go awry, you won't be completely stuck without work. Yes. I know like merch sales are like nothing, which means there are screen printing machines sitting, not working. You know, well, they couldn't go in there to work anyway. The people couldn't. So it's, yeah, man. it's a mess right now, but I'm still optimistic that it's, it's going to be better at, on the other side. We can definitely hold out hope. I think, uh, 
uh, there will certainly be changes for the better. Right, and it's like uh, I've been saying it, and I've been hearing other people say it since that since this whole thing first started shutting everything down over here, we were a little behind Europe. A lot of people are they're looking at this like, well, it's not like back in 08, 09 when we had the big credit crisis here where it was a fundamental flaw in the credit system in the country and that took a while to rebound from but we don't that's not there's nothing like that going on now it's a temporary thing when that temporary thing ends then it's just going to be a matter of okay how do we kind of like recover from the revenue we've lost during this time and move forward it's it shouldn't be as deep a hit i don't think and for as long because there's you know there's no underlying reason like that so well, music, gets through, uh, music gets us through these situations, uh, even before the lockdown happened uh, in here, uh, in, in the UK um, and in the US. The um, In Italy, they were uh, performing and singing from their balconies. So, music I saw gets... some of that, yeah. People putting on little balcony shows. I've seen videos of people doing it over here since then, too, since it's locked down here. It's just... Everything we can do to uh, those one day, like, I think it was about just the second week into, uh, like midway of the second week, so it hadn't been very long at all yet. And I'm sitting here in my apartment in the evening, and I just hear a bunch of car horns. I'm like, "What the hell's going on out there?" So I go out on my balcony and I look, and there's a parade of probably twenty or thirty cars. I don't know how they all congregated or whatever, but they're all in their own cars just driving around. And they, most of them have signs posted, we love you, we miss you, things like this. And they're just driving around honking and waving at everybody. Oh, well, that's neat. <laughs> things yeah. like that you know, kind of helps lift your spirits a little bit, thinking, man, we're still, we're still people. You know, we still, you know, we're still here for each other. Exactly. Yeah, there's a definite, definite community spirit uh, brewing, I think. Uh, and hopefully that will, um, that will sustain yeah the, the music community has really bonded over this on twitter i mean it's it's amazing how much the community is just really coming together there it's it's phenomenal to see and on facebook too in certain certain genres like i know country music is more prevalent on facebook because of the older demographic of a lot of their fan base and whatnot um but there, it's the same thing over there. They're all putting together groups and they're all pitching and helping out people promoting their live streams and that they're doing and all that. So it's it's really you – know, it's kind of – it's a terrible time, but it is good to see the, the good side of humanity coming out to try to overcome, to work to do what they can. What do you do? Do you do anything besides music? Are you full-time, are you a full-time musician for a while, I'm assuming now, right? Well, um, I've, um, I, I do a bit of, uh, I do a bit of writing, uh, as well. I've, I, I mean, uh, if you look, look me up on, uh, on IMDb, you'll see I have a small number of movie roles. There was, uh, a time that I was, uh, pursuing an acting career, but, uh, uh, after a bit of experience, I quite enjoyed some of it, but I didn't feel my heart was in it. So I concentrated on, uh, on the music, but um, I still um, I still put together the odd uh, the odd film script when I get the inspiration. So uh, so I wouldn't mind uh, wouldn't mind doing something more along those lines. That's that's very interesting. I I never even came across that in my research. And guess what? Aiden Cross, IMDb, right there. <laughs> I'm looking up as we're talking. <laughs> That's cool. I'll, I'll dig into your filmography. In a bit. Uh, I still get recognised in Manchester for well, I've been not just in Manchester. I get recognised everywhere for um, that six-second speaking role in, in Twenty Four Hour Party People. I, I was only in the film for six seconds, but twenty years on, and I still get recognised from that. It must have been an impactful six seconds then. <laughs> Suppose it must have been. That's incredible. Now, what was the movie? 24-hour 24-hour party. party people. It was yeah, a, a film made about the Manchester music scene, basically. About, oh, of course. Uh, factory records uh, from Joy Division to Happy Mondays and the Happy and the Hacienda. And you played Goth. Yes. In 2002. 
I, I played a goth at Ian Curtis's funeral scene for six seconds. Uh, wow. Three lines in that one scene. I'm going to have to go watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, absolutely must. People from your side of the Atlantic have recognized me from it. I, I, I don't recall having heard of it, but it's not surprising. There's so many movies out there. Yeah. And did you have like a regular job before you got into music or have you pretty much been in the entertaining arts, the bulk of your adult life? Well, when I, when I started out, um, when I started out as a musician, I was, uh, uh, I was suffering the daily grind of, um, of doing call center work, um, in, uh, in Manchester. And that's where, that's where I was at during, um, during my early years as a musician and the time when uh, when the bacillus started and then um obviously I couldn't stay there forever I had had to get out of there so um uh, I um worked towards becoming self-employed through uh, going into the um into the editorial and uh and freelancing writing editorial proofreading uh editing and so on and uh that provided a much uh, much more apt, more suitable ground for me to, uh, because I, I could base I could base the work around my music activities rather than vice versa, and it's um, it's 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 all part of uh, it feels like it's part of the same package really. It's all um, uh, different sides of being a creative professional. Exactly. It's all it's just. The creative process is the creative process, no matter how you're applying it. It's, the medium may change, but it's still the same process. Yeah, uh, even a lot of the um, a lot of the semi-famous musicians around here still have a day job of some sort. So I know some who uh, I know some who just do a regular office job by day. Others who work in somewhere like Subway or uh, or McDonald's or whatever. Because uh, the un- unfortunate thing is the music very rarely pays the bills by itself so we all have to have something yeah, you have, unless you've established a giant name over the 20-30 years and you're sitting back collecting mailbox money off the work you've done which there's what a handful of those here and there but um, the rest of us not so much what are you doing right now not I say right now this is a little different but not Withstanding Corona's lockdown and all this stuff, what is your number one or number two, top two or three, whatever ways that you go about trying to attract new fans, new audience members, people try to get noticed by more people? How, how are you going about that? What are you using Twitter? Uh, using Facebook mainly ads through or, mainly through Twitter uh, and, and um, getting on Spotify playlists. Spotify yeah. is a great way of getting out there. So. Uh, Network as much as possible, um, uh, chat to other musicians and uh, uh, chat to promoters. Get on Spotify playlists, get as many streams as you can, and make sure make sure it's not a one way thing. That is uh, the message I'd give to any younger or um, aspiring artists, any musicians who are just starting out. Always. Give, uh, give support to other artists and other bands. Uh, so share their playlists, um, retweet them, um, tell your mates about uh, about their songs. Um, we have to support one another in this business. We can never expect to have everything handed to us on a plate. Uh, and there's loads of great art- artists out there who deserve more exposure. So always. Uh, make sure it's a mutual support for other artists. I couldn't agree more. And to prove that to you, I'm going to try. There it is. It a tweet I sent out nine hours ago now, and it's a little, it's a little graphic image with text on it. And it's a little black background with white text that I put together a while back, and I decided to revive that today because it needed to be said. When we strive to give twice as much as we take, miracles happen. And I preface that in the tweet above it by saying, basically, I'm paraphrasing now, 
before you go to drop your link in a tweet and send it out, go find at least two other people and share their stuff first. Exactly. And then go drop yours. I'd suggest you say you just find five or ten and do it, but at least two, minimum. So you go out, if you're sharing love, it's going to come back to you eventually. You can't expect it, but it's going to happen at some point. It may take a while. You may not get it back in the same proportion you're giving it out. And that's okay as long as you're putting it out there. Your love is getting out. Your positive vibes are getting out into the into the crowd, and it's getting picked up somewhere. And you don't ever know what impact you're having on people, but even if it's small here and there, it's making a difference. When well, on that note, I think it's probably about time we should uh, start talk, thinking about winding this down. We're 48 minutes. By the time we wrap it up here, we'll be pushing an hour. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm kind of off my game a little bit today. <laughs> I apologize for that. So for some I, reason, I'm, just, I'm not with it. I've been just too much going on today. My brain's kind of scattered. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, it's very easy. You've got that much. Uh, when, when you have that many things going on, your brain gets fried. It does. And like my, my brain's running like my computer was earlier when I was trying to get that DOS software to shut down. <laughs> and then my whole computer just completely locked down. Like it wouldn't do anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> my brain keeps freezing up like that today. So um, before we go, Air Aiden, um, why don't you remind everybody who you are, who, you, who what your your band name? Sorry, dang, stripping my tongue again. Yes. Um, and where they can find you? I am the lead singer with uh, the band Weimar. Uh, you can visit our official website, which is weimarbanduk.com. Uh, find us on facebook.com slash band. Uh, Twitter handle is Weimar Band UK. Uh, Instagram again, Weimar Band UK. Uh, or um, type Weimar Dash Band into, um, into YouTube. Uh, SoundCloud as well, uh, soundcloud.com slash Weimar the Band. And that Weimar is W E I M A R. We, uh, we retain the authentic German pronunciation. Of course, I was telling you earlier, my, my last name has a W in it, but it, it originally was sounded as a V, but we have Americanized it dec, you know, generations ago. Yes. Um, so uh, I was, was going to say that don't worry about trying to remember that, everybody, because it'll be in the description of the show and on the show notes page on Autonomy Talent slash podcast. So you'll be able to find it there. You don't have to worry about trying to remember that spelling. Well, Aiden, I appreciate you coming on and taking the time. What time is it over there with we right now? It's uh, nearly 20 past nine. Okay, yes, you're, that's what I was thinking. You're right at six hours ahead because it's 3.18 here right now. Well, very good. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your evening, Aiden. It was great to talk to you. And good luck with everything with the rest of this lockdown period, and I hope it just goes gangbusters as soon as it lets off. Let's as soon as we get let out. Fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, take care. Good talking to you. You too. Great to talk to you. Thank you. Have a good evening. Cheers, Bill. Bye. Good night.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcast. Whether you're listening as you're commuting to work or as you're washing the dishes or mowing the yard, we greatly appreciate you listening and helping us to support indie artists everywhere. Be sure to follow us all over social. You can find us at Autonomy Pod, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. And we're also at Autonomy Talent on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, you name it. Or you simply just go to AutonomyTalent.com slash links. From there, we have links to where you can listen to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, be it the Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Play Music, or even Stitcher. And also, there's the Podbean app. They are our hosting service, and they do have their own app. So if you grab the Podbean app, you can actually catch our show as well as many other podcasts. And lastly, if you go to that links page and you still don't see your favorite podcasting app, the one that you like to use, just drop me a note, and I'll be sure it gets added to whatever player you like to use. To send me a message, just go to Autonomy Talent on either Twitter or Instagram and drop me a quick DM letting me know which app you like to use and I will go immediately, or as soon as I can, and add our feed to that app. And while we're on the subject of sending me a message, if you are an artist and you would like to be interviewed for this show or have your works featured on the Indie Artist Spotlight episodes that we release on Wednesdays and the occasional Fridays, Drop me a line, same way, Twitter or Instagram, and let me know that you'd like to be featured. Shoot me a link with some of your work, and I'll take a look at it, and we'll see what we can do by getting you on the show. And that wraps up yet another episode of the Autonomy Talent Podcasts. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoy this half as much as I do, because for me, it's it's a ball getting to talk to these amazing artists and getting to feature their works on the spotlight episodes that we do. It's just, it's just fun. So I hope you're having fun with it as well, and we're going to keep cranking these things out. So in closing, remember to always live intentionally.